welcome, 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 and to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And last time we talked, we of course we found out that Tom Brady told us via Instagram that he didn't want to or he will not be returning to the Patriots. Of course, speculation flew. Where was he going? You had Tampa Bay was a big one, the Chargers, the the Raiders. It turns out he picked Tampa Bay. <laughs> now, that's not news for anybody that's been watching, of course. And, of course, the only reason why I'm saying it is because, you know, we didn't, we didn't report it before. <laughs> or I didn't talk about it before. But, yeah, Tom Brady going to the Patriots. I mean, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. That, it, it sounds weird. You see how I just messed up? Like, it sounds weird. Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. But that's where we are. And... You know, it, it 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 really it really draws. You know, it, it makes you think about what's next. You know, we Tom Brady's what forty three, I believe. He signed a two year contract. What's next for Tom Brady? You know, a lot of people speculated that one of the reasons why he left was because of Bill Belichick, and he he wanted to get. Out of that umbrella, as in who's well, who was the reason for the success? Was it Bill Belichick? Was it Tom Brady? You know, he 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 wanted to get he wanted to have weapons. You know, this is the first time he's ever had weapons. You know, with Mike Mike Evans and a lot of those pieces that Tampa Bay has. Tampa Bay is a really good team. Don't get me wrong. Tampa Bay is a really good team without Tom Brady and even with Jameis Winston throwing thirty damn uh thirty damn interceptions, but. Tampa Bay is a good team, so but do I think that Tom Brady is prime for a Super Bowl? Do I think Tom Brady, at least next year or whenever the hell we start playing, um, we start sports again? For first of all, shout out to everyone that's still maintaining during this quarantine, still maintaining during this crisis. Uh, stay safe, please, God, stay safe. Pray for the people that's losing their jobs left and right. Pray for yourselves, man. Pray, pray people washing their hands, man. Stay clean, stay clean, stay clean. So whenever we start sports again, you know, people ask, is 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 Tom Brady primed for another Super Bowl run? And I'll say this. Yes, Tom Brady's didn't have didn't have a lot of weapons his last few years in New England. Of course, him losing Gronk, uh, Julian Elliman wasn't the same. Well, he's Julian Elliman really isn't a number one wide receiver, but they were making it out to be. Muhammad Sanu didn't really work. Uh, the rookie, I think, is Harry. He he kind of started off slow. Ben or uh, was it Watson? They they brought on. He he didn't work. I think that Tom Brady is still good. I think that Tom Brady still has at least two good years left. But you go over from the AFC where you pretty much dominate, and the AFC is considerably weaker than the NFC. Now you're in a you're in a division, not 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 just not the conference, but the division with Drew Brees, with Matt Ryan and now Todd Gurley, with well, I mean, the Panthers, we don't know what's going on with the Panthers right now. But, oh, with Teddy Bridgewater, who, while he's not 
uh, a Super Bowl, to me, Super Bowl caliber quarterback, he still doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So you're in a tougher conference, not to mention now you have to go against, you know, Aaron Rodgers more. Now you have to go against uh, Russell Wilson. Now you have to go against Dak Prescott and the, and, the, and the Cowboys. Now you have to go against those teams more often than instead of maybe just seeing a Patrick Mahomes once or twice or seeing a seeing a hell that's that's pretty much the only team in the NFC the Tennessee Titans or something like I think that the role yes you might have the pieces you know you have the good running game you have a really good wide receiver core you have a good tight end you have a good defense but now you're going against stiffer competition and You're not, yeah, you have the Ravens in the AFC, yeah, you have the Chiefs in the AFC, but those are the really the only two, maybe the, the, the Tennessee Titans, those are the only two, three teams that are really giving you any run. We're not really worried about the Dolphins, we're not really worried about the Browns right now, we're not really worried about the Steelers because they're trying to get their health together. You're going against teams now that that a lot of the teams in the, a, in the NFC are 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 at least primed for deep super or deep playoff runs. So, yes, I do think that Tom Brady improves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, I don't know if they're Super Bowl caliber just because he comes there. And with him coming there, that kind of then shifts the focus to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, I've never seen a quarterback. No, you know what? Let me let me let me let me finish with let me finish with Brady first. Let me go to now Bill Belichick and the and the Patriots. A report came out that they signed um, Brian Hoyer. Yes, the Patriots are are still the Patriots. You still have Robert Kraft. You still have Bill Belichick. You still have the 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 core pieces. But I think that right now, they're nowhere closer to winning a championship than they were last year. In fact, I think they're a little farther just because they lost Brady. Yeah, they still have a good defense. You still have Stephon Gilmore, who was Defensive Player of the Year. But what do you have? I heard Colin, Colin Cowherd say they might tank for Trevor Lawrence, which I can see. But that does I don't see that as a... That's not really the Patriots' way, because the Patriots, ever since Tom Brady's been there, have been consistent. They've been like, like I said, the they've been a, a consistent dynasty since Brady came and since Belichick came. So I don't, I don't know how how it's gonna go for them, but I do know a lot of people say who won the divorce, who you know Brady or or the Patriots. I think, to be honest with you, I don't know. And I don't think there's a winner in this because I don't think I, I do think that Tom Brady went to a better team. I, currently constructed, I do think Tom Brady went to a better team. I do think that the Patriots aren't that bad. Yeah, they're not. To me, they're not even close to the Ravens. They're not even close to the Chiefs. And right now, until they get their quarterback position, they're not really close to the Titans. But I don't think that the Patriots have just fallen off a map. I don't think that. Tom Brady is going to win a champion or a Super Bowl. I don't think that the Patriots are going to win a Super Bowl. So when we ask who won the who won the Super Bowl, I mean who won, who won the Super Bowl. When we ask who won the the 
the the the quote unquote divorce. I don't know. I don't know if there is a winner in this. Yeah, Tom Brady still gets paid. Yeah, Tom Brady gets weapons, but I don't think that they win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Bill Belichick now has doesn't have the oh well it was Brady or oh the only reason why he won is because he asked Tom Brady. I, I get that now, but what do you, what are you really accomplishing? Again, this, this, this it'll be weird seeing Brady in a in a in a Bucks uniform, but that's that's where we are, you know. So you know, uh, hey, shouts out to them. So now <laughs> let's get to Jameis Winston. And it's not just with Jameis Winston, it's with the free agency class already, right now, or right now. We've seen players like um, Kyle Allen, he got traded to the Redskins. We've seen players, Brian Hoyer, get picked up. We've seen Ryan Tannehill get paid. We've seen people get, we've seen people get paid. We've seen Dak Prescott get franchise tagged. Right now, the two, I think there's three big free agents right now that have yet to sign with the team. You have, well, he's not really a free agent, but he's not going to be there next year. That's um, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, and Jadavion Clowney. Now, I think Jadavion Clowney will stay with the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks will find a way to, you don't want to lose, first of all, giving up, uh, giving up, what they gave up to get Jadavion Clowney, I don't think you want to lose him just after a half a season. So I think that they're going to find a way to pay him. And he's one of the best defenders in the league. So that's not somebody I would want to leave my facility. Then you get to Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Here's the thing about Jameis Winston. I've never seen a quarterback that has a ceiling as high as Jameis Winston's but has a, has a floor as low as Jameis Winston's. Jameis Winston last year, I think, finished second in touchdown passes. Well, I, I think he threw like 30 touchdown passes. But he also became the first player in NFL history to throw 30 touchdowns as well as throwing 30 interceptions. It's, it's, which is why I was a little wary. And I, I think I said this on the podcast. I was a little wary about how much you really pay him. Yeah, you might not want that talent to leave the building, but how much do you play a talent like 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 a like James Winston, who we know at his highs of highs is one of the 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 best quarterbacks in the league, at least top 10 when he is when he's firing on cylinders at his highest. At his lowest, he he will give you Two pick sixes and five interceptions in one game. I've seen it. We've seen it. So I still think there's a market for Jameis Winston. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I still think the Patriots might be in play. Um, maybe, maybe the Dolphins, I'm not too sure. They're still in play. And then you look at Cam Newton. The, to me, the only, yeah, Cam Newton does struggle with accuracy uh, sometimes. But Cam Newton is a physical specimen, and that is, to me, the problem with Cam Newton right now. Cam Newton hasn't been healthy the last few years. So with Cam Newton not being healthy, a lot of people are, are, are skeptical as, into, as in what are we going to get from him? Because Cam Newton's biggest attribute is his physicality, is his, 
is his height, is his size, is his running ability. If his arm isn't work, is it? If his arm is still hurt, if his feet, foot, because he's dealing with a foot injury or recovering from a foot injury, if that still hurt, then what are we getting? What Cam Newton are we getting? I think that it's it's something that we, you know. Not we, but I think that NFL teams just a little wary about it. We hear, you know, the Redskins might make a move to join him along with uh, Ron Rivera again. We're still looking at the Bears, maybe, uh, I, I, but I don't, I don't know. And that's that's crazy. You have Super Bowl. You have a Super Bowl. We have a, a, a MVP winner. Super Bowl. He he led his team to the Super Bowl. And he still hasn't got gotten gotten. He's still in the market, which and, and and you're seeing time after time his his value is continuing to decrease until I guess teams see if he's fully healthy or not. And I think that's 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 crazy to me, you know. Some other big uh, free, you know, some other big uh, free agent moves. Melvin Gordon he goes to the uh, Broncos. I think Melvin Gordon really, really did not play his hand well, especially last year, sitting out, not understanding how much the running back position has depreciated. Yes, the money, to me, I don't think, when, when you see players like Ryan Tannehill get paid, yet Derrick Henry gets the franchise tag, I think that's crazy. Because we all know, in fact, I'm pretty sure the Tennessee Titans know because they didn't let him leave the building. But it's crazy that they you understand how important Derrick Henry is to your team, yet he doesn't get picked. And that really shows how much the position has been depreciated. And I don't think Melvin Gordon really took that into consideration, especially when you look at the Chargers last year who had two backs behind him that were starting caliber backs and did pretty well without him. So, shouts out to Melvin Gordon for getting paid. Yeah, he didn't get paid exactly what he wanted, but, you know, he's one of the new team now. Oh, not to mention, the Broncos also released Joe Flacco, who is a Super Bowl winning quarterback because he failed a physical. So that's another quarterback on the market, I guess. Uh, the, the Saints really bolstered their defense. They brought back DJ Swearinger. They brought back Malcolm Jenkins. So we have to see how that is. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I don't really feel like talking. That hasn't really been another big, big, big move that um, that wasn't already talked about. Uh, you know, so we we talked about, you know, what we didn't talk about, actually, was the report that came out. With Biddle, we we talked about Dejon, uh, Dejon, who DeAndre Hopkins getting traded from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals, but we didn't talk about on this podcast at least the report that came out that said that said Bill O'Brien compared or was comparing DeAndre Hopkins to Aaron Hernandez. For people that don't know who Aaron Hernandez is, he was the NFL right uh, tight end who off the field was arrested for murder um, and since committed suicide and 
you know, if you don't know anything else about him, go look him up. But I can say this. The pro the here's the thing with being not only an athlete, but an African American athlete. An African American athlete to me gets such a bad stigma. Now, some people do live up to that stigma, but but because some people live up to that stigma, I feel that everyone, a lot of, almost every African-American athlete gets held to that stigma. And while Aaron Hernandez was not African-American, some of the stigmas that they put on African-Americans, Aaron Hernandez kind of fit the description. Multiple, multiple, uh, you know, multiple baby mamas always getting a law, always getting in trouble with the law. A hothead, hard to coach, even though he really wasn't hard to coach, but hard to coach. Um, party animal, uh, troubles again off the field. A lot of GMs and a lot of people like to like to attach a lot of those traits to African American players. Even if they don't get in trouble, because DeAndre Hopkins has never been in trouble. DeAndre Hopkins has been a model citizen. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins has multiple kids with multiple women, but that doesn't that doesn't talk to, that doesn't speak on his value. So if because of course we're in the room and DeAndre Hopkins really hasn't shot it down. He just says, I have the utmost respect for Bill O'Brien. But if this has happened. I understand why the 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 relationship soured because the last thing I would want to do is be considered something that I'm not. The last thing I would want to do is to be called a thug, is to be called you know talk about my baby mamas, this and the third, and that's not the type of person I am. That is the last thing I would want, and and for you, for somebody to paint a picture like that of me to me it, it, that relationship was sour too so i get it yes i do think that arizona still <laughs> had committed highway robbery but you know that's that's bill o'brien i guess making decisions so you know i i do think that arizona would be a good fit for um deandre hopkins i do think that deshaun watson i said this before I think Deshaun Watson needs to demand a trade out of Houston because I don't think that they have his best interest. Nor do I think they have the best interest of the team, to be honest with you. But, you know, hey, it's like you trade a, a top two or three wide receiver and you don't even get a wide receiver back. You don't even get a first-round pick back. You trade a top five defensive player in the league and you still don't get a... Uh, <laughs> you don't get a a first round pick. The people that you do get, you know, Laramie Tunsil, he's he hasn't really worked out or any of the pieces that you got for these players hasn't worked out. But hey, they're going to do what they do. So, um moving forward and this and the other big thing that happened. Now, you know, you're starting to realize as a, as a creator, as a podcaster, you're going to have to get especially a sports podcaster I'm gonna have to get creative with some of these shows, man. Ain't no sports to talk about. I've been watching sport. I've been watching past highlights of 
Curry and Klay Thompson and KD and Paul George and Megatron for the for for I don't know how long we've been quarantined now, but you know you, you have to get creative. But one big story that that actually happened yesterday, or was confirmed yesterday, is that the Olympics, the Olympics gets that was supposed to be this year, twenty twenty, will now be pushed to twenty twenty one. Because there was there was a lot of countries, of course, one famous one is Canada, came out and said, we're not sending our play. I don't care if the virus is over with or not. We're not sending our play, or any athletes to, to, was it Tokyo? This is huge. This is huge financially for not just the Olympics, but for the, for the, People covering the Olympics for NBC for the countries because you got to think about it. Yes, it gets pushed. The Olympics every four years. Yes, it gets pushed back um, a year, and instead of it being four years, it's three years. But you have to realize it takes a lot to just. Some people have been there for two. Some people have been in Tokyo for two to three years just setting up the Olympics. Not to mention, you have athletes training their entire lives for this moment. Now getting pushed back. This is going to hurt not only... This is going to hurt not only Tokyo... Uh, it's, not gonna, it's, it's not just going to hurt their e- economy, but it's going to hurt almost every country, especially the United States. It's that's that's huge, man. And this is the times that we're living in with this whole virus that's going around. It's huge that now we're seeing major sporting events get canceled. Yeah, they canceled the NBA season. Well, they postponed the NBA season and they're still talking about a lot of owners are saying we still want the season to go on, which I don't think I think this is a lost season because Jared Dudley, Jared Dudley. (laughs) Jared Dunleavy came out and and he made a really good point. There's a lot of athletes that's not at home training right now, so it's going to take time for them to just get in shape. So you can't just start the season halfway through or you can't start the season right at the playoffs because a lot of these athletes are going to be out of shape. It's kind of the same thing with the Olympics. Yeah, you get a whole another year to train, but your body was prepared. You're, you're preparing your body for 2020 not 2021 and i you know it's 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 something that we're you know it's something that is huge man not to mention like i said nbc there that's that's the people that want that televised the olympics they get hit hard travel you know airlines hotels it's just so much stuff that's connected to to the olympics is now getting put on hold and some things, as we've seen with real life and, and a lot of jobs, some things can't be put on put on hold. Some people will be getting laid off, unfortunately. So this is this this affects a lot of people, man. So we'll just we'll just like everything have to wait and see. But this this is these these are major developments. So, but without further ado, uh, like I've been doing. I have been inviting people on, inviting women on, because even though March has seen, for some people, March has seen has seemed like it has flew by. 
For some, like myself, March has been crawling to a slow halt. Like March has March has been so long for me. No homo. <laughs> like it's it's been such a long month. You've had Kobe, you've had and this isn't just the month, this is 2020. You've had Kobe, you've had Pop Smoke, you've had the coronavirus. It has been a it has been a very long 2020 and it has been a very long month. But one thing that I do remember, and one thing that I told y'all is March is National Women's Month. And because of that, I want to bring on at least a, a, a woman in sports, or at least a woman on the podcast every episode to not only highlight National Women's Month, but to get their perspective in their field of sport, or you know what I mean. So today I actually have two young women, and it's really good that I have these young women because one is in the heart, or, or is a feeling the effects or, or is in the heart of this coronavirus, as in she plays co- or she played college or she plays, let's say that, she plays college basketball. And that is graduating senior Larice Moten. She goes to or she plays for Hartford University. She is graduating this year. But her season, as well as the whole NCAA, came to a screeching halt due to the coronavirus. So I wanted to speak to her since she's pretty much knee-deep in it, to see how she feels as an athlete or and how she feels as, you know, as an athlete, for people that don't know, as an athlete, you have a routine. You get your body ready for the season, even and especially if you're in season. Now you're you're getting your body ready for tournaments. You're getting your body ready for the for March. Now that that's not happening, your body has to adjust, and it's, it's tough. And I wanted to speak to her about that. And then on the flip side of that coin, I have Lauren Moses. She is a former player for University of Virginia, and she now is a colored commentator. And I want to get her perspective on everything. And without further ado, here is Laurencia Moulton. I was definitely, in this time, who I feel for most, of course I feel for all the athletes. Me being a former uh, college athlete, I get it. And I, I understand the camaraderie, the family, the brother slash sisterhood you get when you play for a team. And I understand what you were saying, as in being around. Like I was around my teammates almost every, well, pretty much every day, almost all day, when we got right. individuals. So I, I get the I get the change. That how it's kind of like a it, it'll be a shock to the system at first. But I say that say the people that I feel for the most in this situation are seniors. Uh, seniors yeah. that. Uh, had either bounced back from an injury or, you know, this is their last ride. And like like some of the women that played for South Carolina, like they yeah. they were they had a really good chance of being national champion. Uh, Sabrina, yeah. you know, she had a good chance of being a national champion. It's like I I I I feel for them because I know that I know the NCAA was saying you know they might they might do something where the seniors can come back for a year. But if I'm a senior and I have aspirations to go to the league, yeah, I want to win a championship. And yeah, you know, this this was the best shot, but if I get a chance to go to the league, I'm gone. And you kind of took that, kind of took that opportunity away from me. But 
I did say I did say injury, um, and I do know that you had to come back from injury. I I have never had to deal with an injury, thank God, and I you know I, I know it's it's tough. But speak on the mentality that you had to have and the struggles it was. Not only you know rehabbing and coming back from injury, but not being able to play with your teammates and play with your you know family that you're around all the time. Well, I think the biggest thing that people forget um, about a college athlete is that your identity is an athlete. You know what I mean? It's what you've been doing for majority of your life. So you're continuously, you know, associating that with who you are, like to the core. Mm-hmm. So when it's taken away from you so abruptly, like when you turn ACL or you get a concussion, you can't play for a long time, um, you start to get who you are. And, you know, it's a process of not only rehabilitation of your body, but of your mind. You know what I mean? Um, I went through the the stage of, like, what do I do with my extra time? And um, who am I, honestly? Because originally, you know, um, whenever anyone would ask me, you know, my name, what do I do? You know, automatically, you know, my name is Lawrence Moten, and I play basketball. You know what I mean? That's who I was. But um, injuries are kind of put things in perspective, especially for females. As you know, um, you know, the WNBA is a very, is an amazing league that is up and coming, but for a lot of females, it's not the goal. So then it kind of puts things in perspective in the sense that, okay, so there is life after, and now I'm getting a little taste of what it's going to be like. So for me, um, it really just allowed me to focus more on things that I knew I was going to be doing even longer in my life. And it's hard to think, you know, um, so far sighted. But um, that's what it allowed me to do. So I took way more time, you know, focusing on perfecting my craft and, you know, sports broadcasting. And um, being on the sidelines and practices and just thinking of what I would say if I was to interview a specific player or what are their tendencies if I was going to be the color analyst of a specific game. You know, like trying to think about everything through a different lens. And that kind of helped me, you know, obviously you have to um, use the time that you have out to really um, give you that hunger. You know, you'll never take it for granted again which is something I can genuinely say about people who have had injury. You know, when it's taken from you, you'll never take for granted, okay, I have practice today. You'll never take for granted, we have to go run in the field, because you know that there was a time in your career that you couldn't do those things. So now it's not, you know, you're not dreading it anymore. I'm not saying some people were. You're not dreading it, because you know that just a few months ago, I couldn't even do this. So you're taking everything, and um, I feel like the appreciation for it is a lot higher, which is something, like, a lot of people can attest to. That it just allows you to um, not take anything for granted, and that's what a lot of athletes do at the end of the day. And a lot of people say, oh, you know, this is a college in general was, like, the best time of my life. And a lot of people, I think, it's in sports, you know, they feel that afterwards. I think when you get an injury, you kind of get um, a larger taste of what it would be like afterwards. And so I feel like coming back, sure, because they're obviously be over. And it's just kind of more real in that sense. So it's a blessing in disguise, I believe, for a lot of people coming back from injury. 
You know, I I heard something. You said something that I've never heard, and I would like you to expound on that. I never, when you think about people that play college basketball, yeah. A lot of people now, of course, and I'm I'm only speaking from a male perspective, so of course, when when you when you play college basketball, everybody thinks they're either going a to the NBA or b yeah. they're going overseas. And yeah. I heard you say that for a lot of women, the WNBA or or continuing a basketball career isn't their goal. And yeah. I never I never thought about that. I, I never imagined imagine that. Do you mind expanding on that? Because that that that's yeah. mine. Of course. So a lot of my friends, you know, um, there are a few. Say that the people who dreamed about going to the WNBA yeah. um, and I kept that dream forever, they're the minority because um, I told a lot of my teammates we came to college and our goal was to get a full ride, have no debt, you know, leave college debt free, go to a good school and get education. You know what I mean? Um, as we all know, the WNBA doesn't pay, you know, that much. And basketball in general, as I just talked about with injury, takes a lot on your body. So just to continue that, especially for a female, it's a little different than men, I feel like, because we're more injuries going in certain areas in certain ways. So just the thought that, okay, um, I'll have to do this for 10 more years. And I honestly feel like a female who's played four years of college basketball, her body and the way she feels and, you know, the things that the new, like, um, things that she has to deal with so I know for a lot of my teammates per se it's like okay like uh, after these four years I'm done I don't know if I'm not going to take it anymore I do love that I'm going to try to stay within that field but actually I'm telling you over, um, over to here in the WNBA I can only pinpoint about maybe one or two of my teammates that I have to do the most women that are acquainted and then I know playing the college basketball. That's not what it's know. And uh, I never, wow, I never would have thought about that. And another thing that you said yeah. that was was great to hear is when you're dealing with the injury, you talk about identity, and you have to know your identity. And you see, you know, a lot of people say um, that women have to do a lot of things. Like you look at Serena Williams. She does mm-hmm. tennis. She does uh, fashion. Um, I know yourself. You do broadcasting now. You do mm-hmm. modeling. Um, you're in the cosmetics and fashion. Do you think that mm-hmm. it is important for women to try to have an, have a wide umbrella as in what they want to do? Or do you think that it's, it's more important to focus on one thing and have different branches? So it's, it's like you, you're never hitting the mold, I guess you could say. Um, I think it's uh, it's a hard balance to keep because you don't want to stretch yourself too thin. So you don't want to jump into a lot of different things and just, you know, try to give it all because it's impossible to truly give all of you to all of them when you're doing that, you know, like Serena Williams, you know, she's a mother and she does fashion and she does all those things. So, you know, at certain times, certain things that you take back burner you know, give and take consistently. But for me, personally, I knew that after injury, I needed to make sure that I nurtured my, like, the pieces of me that I didn't have to do with basketball. 
2019 because I knew that there was going to be a time that I wasn't going to play anymore. So it was important for me not to feel the way that I felt immediately after being injured, you know, where I was just lost. I never wanted to feel like that again. So I made sure to find things or just to remember. You know, I always knew that I loved sports and I loved broadcasting. I used to be the anchor of our morning announcements in, like, third grade. I loved being on TV. You know, I loved doing other things. But I kind of put those – I loved modeling. I did D.C. Fashion Week and New York Fashion Week in high school. And I just put those things on the back burner, you know, for college basketball. So it was important for me to nurture those pieces of myself. And then I feel like I was even – I was a better um, – teammate, a better student, I was a better athlete because instead of basketball being my everything, it was need. instead of it being, you know, the only thing that I had to look forward to was practice, you know, I now had more things that I enjoyed and the basketball was just like the icing on the cake. You know, it wasn't like everything. So when I would have a bad day, my entire, entire existence was, you know, sad, you know, I had more things to look forward to. So it made it a much more enjoyable experience for me. Wow. Okay. Well, that's you know this is a this is a crazy interview, man. Because I you're, yeah. you're really showing me sides. You see when when I talk to a lot of sports athletes and I talk to um of course like I said being in the sports realm and yeah. being explained college basketball before I it's it's it's. I'm not going to say it's crazy, but it's, it's definitely different for me to hear someone. Because, like I said, when you're in it, you're in it. And you know when you're in it, it's like basketball, basketball, basketball. Like practice starts at 5 o'clock in the morning. You have probably two or three practices during the day. And then you got film, you got lifting, and then, of course, you got homework and stuff. So to hear somebody say, which now, now that I'm hearing you say it, I kind of – I kind of get it, and I kind of understand why some people transition so easily out of out of out of basketball, out of whatever sport they're playing, into another field. Yeah. Because it's like if you if, if that's your all, then mm-hmm. you're really like if you don't have like a, a not, I'm not gonna say a fail safe, but if you don't have if, if basketball or whatever sport you're playing is your all and you don't grow anything else, it's like once that stops, what do you have? Yeah. Done a, it, it sounds like you've done a really good job. You know, I I um I can't I so what I was doing was, as you know, um, as people know, this yeah. is National Women's Month. And yeah. I don't know how I came across how we do it. Yeah. But I was just like, it's like you can tell that you're very knowledgeable about sports, um, and you can tell that you you love talking about sports. It's not something forced on you. So I do want to say thank you for coming on. I do want to say this 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 uh, conversation opened my eyes to a lot of things, or mm-hmm. reassured a lot of things that not not all the people like to hear, um, but it's yeah. Cool. And I, I do, I do appreciate it. So what's what's next for you? What in the, in the broadcasting world in life? Like what is what is next for you? Well, thankfully I am, you know, going to graduate in May, and I've actually already started graduate school. 
Um, I'm the color analyst for men's and women's across, so that's a whole new field, you know, new sport. But sadly, um, you know, it's uncertain whether or not the school year is going to continue. So if that doesn't continue, then we're going to have to do a lot of online classes. But um, I'm definitely going to get my master's. So this next year, I'm going to be in graduate school. I haven't decided where yet. I don't know if I'm going to stay close to home, which is Maryland, as many people may know, or if I'm going to go somewhere else a little farther. But I'm just excited to embark on the journey that I've been preparing for for so long, you know, the journey of being a broadcaster, you know, within the sports realm and just enjoying life beyond college athletics. That was my conversation with Laurentia Molden. I want to appreciate her, appreciate her coming on to the podcast, appreciate her being transparent and just communicating. I think it was big for me to, I've never heard someone say, or especially someone that's knee deep in sports say, you know, I wasn't really thinking about playing sports after so that was that was that was big to hear that. But again, I do appreciate uh, Laurencia for coming on. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Lauren Moses. Lydia, sports on the hiatus. How how do you view what's happening now with with the corona, with the stoppage of sports, and how has you know you playing sports changed your or altered your altered your view? You on what's going on right now? Let's know. I I can honestly say like I can't imagine being in the in the shoes right now. Like the current athletes um, who are having to you know put their season on hold for you know who knows how long. And I think that's really what is so surprising is that like we don't really know how long this is going to last. Um, and for me and many people across the country, sports is something that. Um, we indulge in all the time, and being an ex-athlete or a former Division One player, you know, that's what I do in my past time. I watch basketball in March, being March Madness, and all the, you know, unpredictable games that are going to take, or that were going to take place, are now no longer happening. It's just very, very weird times. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think I think it's crazy that. I know the NCAA was saying they're going to try to give the seniors maybe a, a fifth year because there's a lot of seniors and a lot of players that had hopes, especially in the women's side, uh, that yeah. had hopes of, of, you know, winning their first national championship or just winning a national championship. So the fact that that's getting taken away from them and then the report comes out yesterday saying that the NCAA has decided not to allow that fifth option. I just, I, you know, it, it just, I, I couldn't imagine. I used to play, uh, mm-hmm. I used to play basketball, so I couldn't imagine my senior year yeah. having to sit out and it's not even, or having it become the way that it ended in it, 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 it year. Yeah, it, it was, it's sad to see, especially, you know, when I have, former teammates who were calling me um, from the University of Virginia who were just like, you know, it's my senior year. I was really looking to do, I mean, they're not going to postseason, but they're, you know, seniors already have the distress of trying to figure out what's next. So you add this into the mix, and it's like the people who are trying to get to the league on the women's side of the game, it's like the postseason is that chance for a lot of these players to boost their stock. So it's it's pretty sad. A lot of people have been doing their farewells and things like that. I think it's just now setting in that, okay, we have to, you know, really take care of ourselves, use this time to, you know, like I said, 
Yeah, and let's uh, move a little forward just a little more differently. Um, <laughs> being a former, being a former athlete, and I've talked to many former athletes, me being a former athlete myself. For some people, it's a lot harder transitioning from college hoops or college athletics to quote unquote the real world. Yep. Did you did you find that it was hard for you to transition? Um, seeing as though I mean, I, I, not a lot of people, it's almost, you're more like, that's why I like me to play college basketball. I mean, play, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you find it hard for you to transition from, you know, college athletics to uh, what you do now? Well, I think my process is a little different. I, after, right after school, um, I took that from like a lot of students do, um, and then I decided to go back to grad school. So I had a very short period of time where, you know, I was working like part-time during my summer because it was my first real break, you know, playing four years of basketball and attending University of Virginia. It was like a full-time job. So I really took that time to take a break. And then going to grad school, it really allowed me to put, like, my interest of doing sports broadcasting and commentating to use. I got to learn a lot of, like, the knowledge of journalism and sports broadcasting and, like, the technical side of things, but then also got the experience where, you know, I can add my personality. I can, you know, really show what I'm passionate about when it comes to basketball and really kind of moving forward for the women's game. But um, it's always challenging because, you know, coming from playing a sport, that's your identity. You are a basketball player. You're a student athlete. And so now when you leave that behind and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what's next, you really have to, dig deep a little bit and figure out, okay, what do I want to do next? What's going to make me happy, just as happy as basketball once did, you know? So I, I see that you have a YouTube channel. You have you and your brother, who, by the way, is a former NFL player. You guys have yep. a podcast. Do you think that it's important for not just women, but for people that love sports, or people that want to be in sports broadcast, mm-hmm. do you think that it's important to have multiple platforms, or do you think that you just pretty much go for what you love and, and, and stick to, like, one thing and just try to perfect that one thing? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, having a mission, having a goal, and having a purpose is, like, something that I and me and my brother always talk about when it comes to things that we're doing on social media and using different platforms like that. Like, we obviously want to be visible, but if our message isn't right, then that doesn't matter, you know? So um, I I think it really is about having, you know, one thing that you're good at, talking about it, sharing your passion, and hopefully finding a group of people, um, whether, you know, they're younger, older, whatever, whatever demographic they are, and hopefully, you know, just being able to speak to them, you know, be able to help them do something. Um, and that's really what we use our podcast for, bringing in sports, but also bringing in our personal um, experiences and backgrounds. And me and my brother are 11 years apart or 10 years apart. So, our experiences are very different, and so we grew up in the same household but at different times, and so I think we really are able to add our different perspectives when it comes to being a student athlete and now being a former athlete trying to find your way in a different avenue. In, in this sports world, how how important is it, do you feel, how, how important do you feel is it to have a mentor to kind of, I guess, help you along the way, or do you think it's important to have a mentor? Um, I think it's important. I think it's important for me. I can't, you know, speak for everyone, but I always recommend it. Um, 
just being someone who is, you know, maybe working towards something that you're interested in or who may have already, you know, succeeded where you are showing interest in. And it's it's really cool to see you be able to put their brain and everyone's path is different. They can't expect to be, you know, the same as that mentor. But I think just having someone that can speak that into you and show you the ropes um, is really cool because then you can start to picture yourself in that position. Um, and it just becomes a little bit more real. Um, but I think if, you know, you don't have a mentor, I think it's always great to be a mentor, you know, be that person that you wish you had when you were growing up. And I think a lot of the mentors that I have today are those women who didn't have that person in front of them or always had a visual but never really could ever speak to that person, um, reach out and hey, I'm doing this, I'm interested in this, what, what do you think about this? Um, and so that's what I use my mentor for, and she's just, I mean, my mentor is Monica McNutt, um, but she is a sports analyst now, and she really like worked her way up to where she is now, and so being able to see her journey and seeing the load too. I mean, it's not always about you know the successful, the limelight. It's more so about like the journey that it took to get there and the lessons that she was able to learn that she can now pass down to me. Okay, so you see people like Terry Champion, you see Sage still, you see a lot mm-hmm. of especially women of color that are now front and center when we look at the sports world as a, as part of they, they are faces that we see every day on TV. Do you think that's important uh, not only for African-American women that want to be in the sports world or in the sports broadcasting world, but for women in general to see that there are more women that aren't just getting sideline reporter jobs, that they're getting anchor jobs, that they're getting color commentating jobs. Do you think that's important for... Of course. I think, I mean, it's just like whatever you're interested in, if you are, you know, a nurse, if you're, you want to be a teacher, seeing someone that looks like you in that space really opens your eyes and your mind up to saying, like, hey, I may not be there now, but I can be there in the future. And I think that's a really good question, actually. And if asking these questions, like, really, wow, well, I'm tying into my previous answer. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's extremely important just being able to see someone in, in that space and really just, Instilling that confidence, I think, is really what, you know, this generation needs. I think, like, my generation and younger, we really need to know that we can go out there and get it rather than, you know, seeing how easily it is to become famous on Instagram or on TikTok or whatever. I think it's really, like, seeing someone work really hard for something and not just getting it, you know, in a week, in a month. Yeah, I think I think what's important to understand is that a lot of women that we see, they're not just, like they 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 grinded and they they yeah. it, it wasn't just handed to them because maybe their looks or something. It's you know we can tell you know mm-hmm. and and we you do your homework and you're prepared and it's not like I mean I mean people always you know can make excuses and always want to joke on women when it comes to sports in the sports industry. But when you see like even like the Holly Rose and and even though she's a sideline reporter, she does everything she can to, you know, report accurately, to be personable, to ask the right questions. And although that may not be, like, a headline role, she's made her a name for herself um, and has really been able to, like, step out of the bounds of that sideline reporting and really be, like, a case for women sports analysts. Yeah. So I, I know I didn't say I was going to ask, but I kind of want your opinion if you okay. give it. So. 
we all know the passing of Kobe and, and how how important Kobe was to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Kobe was, was quite important to myself. Yeah. Um, and Kobe was very important for, yeah, was very important, and Gigi, of course, was very important for the, the, the women's team, the WNBA. He was a staunch advocate. Mm-hmm. How did Kobe's passing affect you, if you can explain? Um, if I can explain it, it's just, it's really interesting to put my look back and think about, you know, my initial reactions, where I was, we told me, and just like, you know, really just being shocked just like the rest of the world was, but every time I think back to that moment, um, or I think back to, you know, all the great things that Kobe did and was doing in his life, it makes me just really reflect on myself and things that I can be doing better, and so, you know, when he was alive, his presence was always felt no matter what, you know, whatever he said, it just held some weight. And, you know, the point that you made about Gigi just being a case for the women's game is, like, she didn't even know the power that she had when it came to really getting the notoriety of not only women's middle school basketball, but high school, college, WNBA. Like, the ratings had just gone up, you know, especially when you, come, when you look at the women's NCAA attendance. And it went up drastically this season. And so just really showing, like, how competitive women's sports was. Like, she was doing it at such a young age. And so the loss of her, obviously, is just as tragic. And so I think it, it was it was a lot of, you know, emotions, if, if you get what I'm saying. And just trying to make sense of it all was really what, you know, the whole first month of that, of, of losing him was. Yeah, it's been a rough 2020, I'd say that. Yeah, for sure. It's like you can't catch a break. <laughs> At all. Well, lastly, um, when I do again, appreciate your time. But what's what's next? Of course. Well, I know, like I said, I, I can hear and see you uh, color commentating um, some college games. But, but what's next for you? Yeah. So I mean, I just finished grad school, so I just finished got received my master's in broadcast uh, journalism, and so I'm hoping to use that degree. <laughs> I didn't go back to school for nothing. So you know, obviously, I've been enjoying. Um, commentating and doing some broadcasting when it comes to basketball, but you know I'm open to doing many different things. Like I've done radio before, um, and I've you know have been looking at radio positions, and it really is just about finding a position that's going to allow me to grow um, and really use the skills and the knowledge that I just acquired um, in an amazing program at the University of Maryland. And so, um, if that's commentating, cool. Like that's definitely what I'm pushing for, but. I'm also open to, you know, getting into um, sports reporting, whether that's with a news station, whether that's with a team, college or professional. Um, so really just being able to use a variety of skills and um, just go from there. I'm not I'm not too stressed right now. I'm really just trying to stay in a moment and, um, you know, just be with friends and loved ones. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, do, I do appreciate it. So to me, I thought this was a great interview. Um, Thank great. you. Thank you so much. I don't like even interview because it feels like you're a subject. Yeah, no, but it was a, it was a good conversation. You asked really good questions, um, and I think really what I am hoping to put across on like my social media is just like the fact that we can have open conversations about things that are all effect, that we're all affected by. And I think a lot of times we just keep it in or we may share it with a few people, but a lot of us are going to do the same thing. So. And there you have it, man. That was my conversation with again Laurencia. Molten and 
Lauren and Moses. I want to appreciate both of them for coming on. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's crazy out there. Please stay safe. Please stay safe. Please stay clean. Please stay prayed up. Uh, I, I pray for the families that are getting affected a lot heavier, you know, with, with deaths and everything with the corona. So, again, try to stay clean. Try to stay safe. Try to stay home. Like, just just, just be, be safe, man. Be vigilant. Do what you got to do. I appreciate all you guys. Uh, I'm about to have to get creative with, with, with my content again. So, you know, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. But um, until next time. Oh, you know what? And next week, I have a special guest. Next week, of course, is the last for women. But I don't know. I think last week is going to be, be, be very special. So stay tuned for that. Again, I appreciate you guys. Uh, until next time, much love.